Hello, Lauren. How are you doing? Fantastic. How are so you? I'm here with Lauren Wells. Great. I'm doing great. Um, just wanted to uh, interview you since the uh, sales competition. I've been a very worthy winner. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a few questions and maybe share with other people. And hopefully those ideas can really help even newcomers or other performers to maybe uh, follow your example. Is that all right? That is perfect. Okay, if there's anything that you don't want me to ask, just say no, I don't want you to ask this <laughs> question, all right? <laughs> okay. How was the competition? It was scary. It was hard. What was scary about the competition? I think everyone looking at you, plus not knowing what they're going to ask you. Like normally, yes. I'm such a prepared person, I like to know what they're going to say, so I'm yes. mentally prepared, but yes. it was hard not knowing. <laughs> but it was the same thing for the other 13 competitors, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So did you feel the stress when you were on stage? Did you feel their stress? I felt I felt something. It was more my heart. I could feel it as I was talking. <laughs> I was just going boom, 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 all was the way it? in my chest. Because you guys made it like look very, very simple. Like whenever you were on, I, I mean, I was watching you and I thought, no, oh, she's a natural. Have a look. There's not even a, an ounce of stress here. Oh, there was stress. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what were you telling yourself in order to get rid of that stress? Remember how we were doing training in December? The words I used to say? What was that? Fuck it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be right. All right. So he here it is. Let's take it now from the beginning. You came to our recruit training in December. Yes. And I think you did very well. Then what happened? How, how come you decided in December, I'm going to enter this competition? Because you told me I could win. <laughs> you said I had the potential. I was like, okay. And plus having Andrew next to me saying, let's just do it. Right. I was like, okay, what have I got to lose by going in it? Okay, so did you have like fear when you decide to enter? Did you have the fear of uh, maybe being ridiculed in public or anything at all? Can, can you just share with us? Because oh. it can't be that normal. Because a lot of people think you're a freak. I, and I think, <laughs> no, there's no such thing as a freak. I think that there's uh, someone who had the same fears as anybody else, but actually can't conquer her fears. Yeah, it, when I first said I was going to do it, I was excited. Yes. And as the week slowly went on, I was like, oh, crap. Got to start, like, practicing and practicing. And then it hit and I was like, okay, I, how can I get out of this? I remember talking to Sarah going, so what type of disease do I have? <laughs> Trying to get out of it. Right. But she was she was amazing. She just said, you can do this. Like, we've trained hard for this. Yep. You've got it. But oh, I don't know how half the people got up there I was so nervous so everyone that went up there was just incredible to even get up there <laughs> yes I understand that so you entered the competition before Christmas did you study during Christmas yes yes okay so that was a bad Christmas I mean a Christmas where you had to spend time studying I mean how how, how did you study because I know that quite a few people actually <laughs> studied during Christmas too because obviously they wanted to win yeah well what I did is I stuck everything on like palm cards yes and then blue tacked them to each part of the house so when i went to the fridge i'd see page one and then when i went to the bathroom i'd see page two page three all on the mirror yes and eventually they ended up falling down and then i had to rewrite new ones and then at work i'd just have them everywhere so i was oh my god <laughs> wow that is a very good tip so when you saw page one on the fridge what would you do? Would you try and do page one or did you just read page one or not? I would look at page one and be like, how could I make it better? Okay. And then when I'd be in the bathroom doing my head, be like, oh, this sounds good. Let's redo this one. And then I'd go into training with Kim and be like, hey, how does this sound? And she'd be like, oh, 
yeah, that's good. Like, and try and work on it to make it my own, not just scripted from the book. Yes. Can, can I just ask you now a very simple question? Yes. Did you train on Christmas Day or on New Year's Day? No. Okay, that's <laughs> no, good. No. All right. I was probably a little bit too intoxicated to, <laughs> to say anything. <laughs> All right. So when did you let go of the kid? Because you knew there were three phases to the competition and the basics was just phase one, mm. right? And a lot of people studied a lot in that and forgot to do the special technique and forgot to that there was a duel coming up. Did you have some kind of uh, method to, right, this is how much I'm going to put on this section and the second section that much or not? No, not really because I love objection handling. Yes. So I was like, oh, I can, I can dance. I do buyers. I'm starting on listings. Like, that will be no problem. But the special technique, that was a little bit harder because I wasn't quite sure what to use. But yes. I'm confident with the three houses and we always train on that on a Monday with Darren. So it was just the easiest technique and not many people know about it. Yes. So, and it kills everyone else in our area. Yes. Okay. And so you went back to the office, you did a lot of training with Kim? Yes. And Sarah? Yes, and Sarah. Okay. So can you take us through that a bit? So every Monday we did training with Darren uh, Tuesday was training. How, how long is that training with Darren? I mean, that, an that, hour, eight, wow. eight or nine. Okay, that's a very special time having a, a man like that teach you stuff. That's yeah. great. <laughs> mm. I think also having Darren as your leader, you don't want to disappoint him, so you're always trying to think on your feet because he's so good. He can just go bam with something at you. Right. But um, training on Tuesdays, Kim should throw random objections at us. Plus, go what's page one, what's page eight, just to trigger our memories to make sure we're all on the ball because yeah. we didn't know what we're walking into on stage it's yeah. just like you got to know it off by heart like that okay do you know it, it reminds me of a um, podcast i was listening to where there was a pilot who um, flew an a380 mm-hmm. from singapore to sydney and on the way from the hotel room to the plane with his co-pilot he would do exactly that so he'd <laughs> say to them all right now engine two shut down what do you do Four engine just shut down. What's the first thing you look at? And he would just role play that every single time with his pilots. And there was an incident that happened uh, on that flight, Singapore to uh, Sydney, where the one of the blade of the engine just broke off and damaged another blade, which disintegrated into piece and totally destroyed that engine. And it created holes in the wing. And within uh, about, I think, 45 seconds, uh, 13 out of 14 system totally went into shutdown. I mean, whatever he did, he went, all the role plays and all these things that he's done actually helped him. Plus, Mm. he simplified things and he uh, took the plane back to Singapore, right? Wow. And they actually had about over 100 pilots to simulate that crash and including Sully, pilot who landed the plane on the uh, Hudson River. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even he crashed the plane. <laughs> so a 100 pilots crashed the plane. This chap here, thanks to the role play and the constant reminder, and, and like you were doing on the fridge, you know, looking at this, straight away you're thinking about it, and that saved him. So listening to you, you had actually created automatism in yourself. Yeah, definitely. Because did you notice when the competition started, a lot of people who lost were the people who hesitated. The judges didn't like that. No, I know. And being, I think I was number 13, Right. you got to be able to see what people were doing and you could be like, oh, I know not to do that and how I can improve on it. 
sounds really messed up, but I was like, oh, I can do that better. Make sure to use your hands, make sure to smile, make sure to use your voice a little bit more. And then when I got off stage, I was like to Darren, what can I do better? And he's like, just smile. Yeah, yeah. But did you think that being lucky 13 was important or Uh, would you have liked being number one? No. (laughs) I I still remember the person who got clapped because she was number one. I think that's uh, Andrea. Andrea, Andrea. yeah. And how stressed she was. I thought to myself, you don't want to be clapped at number one. <laughs> oh, number one would have been the hardest because yes. you're the first. Yes. Being number one, even though I trained so hard, it's like it's a build-up, especially being near close to the end. It's like, oh, at least I know what I'm walking into, even though yep. the, you didn't know the questions. Mm-hmm. Still, still scary. <laughs> what about the judging of the first part? They were good. They were good. I think rewording the questions would have been a lot better. Right. But in presentations, you're not going to get people that are going to be rewording, repeating, the, yeah. repeating the questions for you. So it was – I couldn't think of anything. I was just so stressed. <laughs> who, who was your favourite judge? Oh, probably Cam. Why? I mean, everyone in the room thought he was – he was hard. Yeah, but if they're hard, it means they're going to be the best one. So if you can win them over, you've won everyone else over. Because when you did part three, you picked him. And I thought, you're crazy or you're game. <laughs> Right. I was game, but <laughs> funny behind that story is I sussed him out before at lunch to see what he wanted people to do and he said, oh, I just want people to ask me how I'm feeling. So he was really based on emotion. Yes. So you could actually see what would win him over. No way. So at lunchtime <laughs> you went around like testing judges. Yeah. Just to, <laughs> <laughs> to see who was the softy. Yes. Wow, that was that was very very good. Okay, so as you delivered the uh, first set, did you notice how the first set was a little bit tougher than just a speech in the in the basics? Yeah, because at the end of the day, the judges had to show they were hard. Yep, they had to show that you had to win them over. I think they were probably just as nervous as what we were because yes. they were like, "Oh, we know this question." Yeah. <laughs> Some people thought, you know, it was way harder than. What it was in the manual. It was way harder than the recruit exam. I don't think so. I think the recruit exam is hard, but because you don't know it. If you went up there and you know it, it shouldn't have been as hard. But it's probably just the wording and the way having everyone look at you. It's Mm. probably the hard part. So you were then chosen in the top 10. Yep. How did you feel then? Oh, you've probably seen me. I was like, woo, I get to do some objection handling. So right. was and you, that, that was your strength, right? You knew yeah. I'm going to be fine. If <laughs> I'm in the top ten, I'm fine, right? Yeah. But then Andrea didn't make it. So how did you feel for her? I felt bad because I know she's good at objections. Yes. And I know she could have done better because being number one would have been hard. Yes. But I reckon she would have smashed it if she got into the next round. So what if the, the first four that got eliminated said, oh, man, if only I had passed that. I would have annihilated everyone in section two and section three. What would you tell them? Should have got through part one. <laughs> right, I see. But what if they said, well, you know, I don't use part one. It's so basic. I actually have got way more advanced technique than part one. Mm, well, work on it so you can get better because if you can't get the basics right, you can't get part two and part three right. Okay, all right. So what number were you in part two? You remember? I think I was seven. Yeah, so you're towards the end, weren't you? Yeah, so I was lucky again in that aspect, lucky number seven. Yes. So I got to see everyone else with their objections and how they handle it because I was trying to make mental notes of what everyone was saying because some of the things everyone was saying was just pure gold 
and not what I've ever heard before. So I was like, oh, I need to remember this and this and this. So I can work on it to yes. make it better. Were you already thinking about the jewel in part two? Were you already thinking, oh man, this person is like this, this is... Yeah. Were you already thinking <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, well, you got to look at everyone. Same as your competition in the marketplace. you got to be like, what's their strengths? What's their weaknesses? Yeah, okay. Go off that. All right. And then came lunch. Yes. But by lunchtime, you didn't know whether you would make it no. into the top four. So how was lunch? It was stressful. Got a bowl of chips and only had like two out of it. I was too nervous to eat. And plus, when you eat, you get tired. And I was like, no, I've got to be on my game if I do get into the next round. And I remember I was sussing, I was sussing Abdullah out. And I was sussing Cam out to see what they were thinking and if they knew I was in the next round and what they thought of part two and what I could have improved on. But Cam just really wanted someone <laughs> to touch on his emotions. And Abdullah's just like, I'm not saying anything not saying anything so right i see yeah so you came back from lunch and then when was your name called i was last you were last so let, let's imagine three had already come up what went through your mind then i was like oh that's okay i've learned i've, I've done it who beat me but when my name got called out i was like yes i get to duel these people and have some fun because towards the end that's when all the nerves have all gone the adrenaline's still going and it's just like i'm gonna get you <laughs> okay so you were not nervous for in part three no not at all not at all not at all i think that maybe that was the winning um formula then because mm. i think that a few competitors were tied i could see that they were already tied the energy had all gone they had spent everything in the morning yeah did you notice that? Did you feel that? Yeah, they were all very drained. Yeah, and you were not drained. Because I didn't have lunch. <laughs> right. What happens when you eat lunch, you get tired. You want to have a nap and nap it off, especially being in the club, like you're going to have fatty foods and everything. It's going to be like, oh, I just need my nap and nap. And then what do you think was the winning formula for you when you were doing all those jewels? I mean, we know the technique that you got. It got everyone's clapping, right? So... Immediately, I knew, all right, this is going to score very, very big. It's going to be very hard now for everyone else dueling uh, Lauren to beat her if she holds her ground. So what do you think was the winning formula for you in the duel? I think really is what you said to me a couple months ago in December is that how you say things is the way that people perceive you. So I remember saying, oh, people think I'm young and inexperienced. Yep. I've got to show them that I'm not. I'm going to show them, even though they're older than me, I can show them that I'm better. Okay. That was just going through my head. Keep the energy, show them that I can prove them that I'm not just young. Yep. Do you remember that line about family? I'm, I'm here to save your money. Yes. I'm here not to keep the family together. I'm here to make you money. Yes. And that line really got a lot of people going, wow. I thought that was the dual moment where you won. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could see it. So I, I saw straight away, all right, looks like uh, Lauren's going to take it. Because what you did was to mesmerize the judges. You see that the judges, this is how they work, right? They, they work on their feel, but they also work on what's happening in the room. They can't mm. see the room. They don't turn around. But they take that too, you know. Like now some just can be controversial and go, ah, no, no, I don't care about the room. Mm. But you had won over the room. And that made it very easy to win over the judges. Plus, after the special technique you had, you had won over the judges. Yeah. 
Did you notice these things? Because I, I could see it from the back. Uh, I, I didn't want to have um, an ego, but I yep. could feel that what I was saying wasn't just crafty, that it actually made an effect, like it actually made sense. Yes. And that's when it takes two agents together from someone that's being crafty to someone that actually makes sense because it all comes down to money or time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People don't care if, if you're crafty because that's not going to make them money. Right. Okay. So after session three, you sat down with your team. We had about 10-minute breaks. Yes. What went through your mind then? Oh, that was so scary. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was talking to me and I was yes. just going out one year and I was just like, okay, just breathe, you're fine. Like <laughs> Darren, Darren was telling me like how, how good I was doing. I was just like, oh. I don't care, I just want to relax. The nerves are gone, it's all finished. Like, how much fun I had. And yep. Andrew. How was, much fun? Are you yeah. crazy? Towards the end, it was just so much fun. Like, it, it's like training at Gorican office and Charmhaven office. Like, we all do similar training. So, it wasn't anything different. I think that's where part one and part three were so different. It's because yes. we don't train so much on page one, page two, page three. It's more like objection handle and how we actually tackle it without across offensive or mm-hmm. aggressive mm-hmm. so that's where i actually had fun because i knew what i was doing <laughs> yes yeah so d- during the break oh, I did you sit down did you yes i, did I sat down and just was was you psyched out or what, what happened oh i can't even really remember i just remember sitting there going what's happened what just happened it was just a blur really yeah oh. i'm really trying to go through the psychology of that moment because it's special you know, th- that, that experience you have, nobody else in the room beside the top four could go through. Yeah. And, and so the fourth person was announced and it was in your name. What went through your head then? I'm getting more than 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's then, then number three was read out. Oh, and then I was like, oh, I'm in the top two. That's exciting. You're yes. getting either 1,000 or 2,000. Woohoo. Yeah. And then when we both went up there, I was like, oh, Darren's a hard person to beat. He did win the judges over with Kim and the background, of course. So I was like, oh, it's going to be hard. And I was just sitting there nervous. uh, I was trying to present number one and number two. At any point in time, do you think, oh, I think that Thomas just gave it to me now? Oh, I don't know. Or did you think, I still don't know, the stress is still going? Yeah, I didn't know, honestly. Right. I had no idea. It was a good game between us two, me and Darren. Yep. He's a great agent. So it could have really come down to anything. Okay. And then number two was announced. You knew you won. What went through your head now? Don't jump up and down and make <laughs> and get too excited because, like, at the same time, you've got to remember that everyone has feelings. So you yeah, can't yeah. get too excited. You've got to remain humble and relaxed. So I was like, I just had a little smile. I'm not sure if you watched the video. I was just like, okay, I won. And then when I got back, I was like, yay! <laughs> yeah. So so you you control yourself out of respect for Darren? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Because, like, I used to watch a lot of Miss Universe contests and stuff like that. Yes. And you'd see the other person's face when they didn't win. Yes. They're quite disappointed. But you've got to make sure that that doesn't happen because I would feel so hard for that person if that was me. If they were wow. jumping up and down like a crazy person. Yeah. you got to... I noticed that, how control you were. So you were standing on my right, mm-hmm. and I could see when I announced the second placing to Darren that you really 
control yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you wanted the room to clap for him. Yes. Right? And uh, I thought it was a beautiful moment. And then you won. Yes. Right? What happened afterwards? What happened on the way home? Or what happened downstairs? Because oh. I, I know you guys were celebrating. Yeah, so... As soon as Is that when you lost all your two thousand dollars, all the drinks? Oh yeah, it was a big night. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had an instant headache. I think from all the stress and build up. So I went down with the guys and had a drink, had a celebration, and everyone was trying to convince me to go out and spend the two grand. I was like, no, 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 I'm gonna control myself and very good. Just had a couple of drinks and went home and celebrated. Right. Okay. So very controlled. So, listen, because it's fresh in my mind, I, I still remember day one of your recruit training here in December. Yes. Um, you didn't have that kind of smile I see today. You were very serious. Yeah. What, what happened in that room? How come you were that serious when you walked in? I mean, was it that bad? <sighs> no, it's, I think knowledge is power. So when you know something, you can smile, you can, because you know exactly what's going to happen. You know exactly yeah. everything. But when you don't know anything, you're like, okay, I need to listen. I need to learn, and that's probably the difference now is that I've learned everything in the book, and now I can be like, okay, I know it all. Yeah, because uh, one of my remarks to you in day one is that you're too serious. Yeah. You didn't smile <laughs> enough, right? And so it's totally different here now. Yeah. So what went through your mind as you did this competition, that, or was it the same, or did you change during the recruit training? I, I just wanted to know because you're a totally different person. Yeah, I changed a lot during the recruit training right from day one to day three I'd become very strong with what I knew yes but I was still nervous that's like when in the test I was like oh my gosh yes the f word and I was like <laughs> I was like it's not gonna happen again not gonna happen again and that's when I was like okay you need to actually focus and being serious is not always fun but it's the only way I can learn is if yep. you're serious because if you're just having a laugh then it just goes one ear and out the other yes <laughs> now, having gone through the competition, did you feel like you've gone up to next level? Yeah. From possibly December to now, yep. everyone can tell that I'm, I can't be walked over now. So not that I used to, but I used to just let things slide. But now I'm more voiced. I can, I can just say what I'm feeling. And I'm stronger in my delivery. I'm stronger in how I present myself. Like I'm more confident. Yeah, I still remember we had a discussion of some people like putting appointments in your diary without yes. talking to you and I told them to go and fuck themselves. Remember yep, that? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know whether you really followed that advice, but do people take you very different now? Yes. Okay. Very different. So even coming back from your training yep. to the next day at work, yeah, it was a great feeling because going from a benchy to a buyer's agent, especially in a team, yes, everyone just thinks like everything's given to you. So now I've got that. I'm working hard and I'm going to prove you that mm -hmm. I can do this. Anyone went back to the office and thought, oh, I should have entered because I would have beaten you? No one said that to me, but I feel like some people felt like they could have gone in. Yeah. Which is good because then it's not as scary. So when the next competition comes ahead, we'll be like, oh, well, you've seen me do it. You can do it now. Yeah, but this time we're going to change the questions, you see. Well, that's it. You have to make them harder. Yeah, well, you know, you never know. Now, now they're going to have to second guess themselves. Uh, should I, shouldn't I? Will things change, you know? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you. Can you tell me a bit about you? Was real estate your first job? No. So I started working at McDonald's. Yes. When I was 13 and nine months old. Wow. Okay. And then I worked there till I was 18. Yes. And then from... So you've learned, you've learned a few tricks from McDonald's. What did yeah. you learn? Oh, 
the training that they give you is incredible. In what way? Their structure. So it gives you a structure similar. Every 30 minutes they check the toilet. So when I was working there, and I can still remember it, like being 13, is that busy periods, you check it every 15 minutes, and then in quiet periods, every 30 minutes. And if a manager walked in and seen that the toilets are dirty, you'd have to go clean that in your own time, not when you're on the clock. So when you finish work, if the toilets are dirty, you'd have to go clean it. So it's very different now to McDonald's possibly and the standards, but when I worked, it was very, very professional okay. and every client had to leave feeling special, especially when Every client had ev- to feel. I mean, you're only giving people a burger. What would you do to make them feel special? So, because my older brother was actually the store manager and the area manager. So right, right, right. Wow. So I had big shoes to fill in for. So he always used to say, make sure you look them in the eye, make sure you smile with your eyes, make sure that you go above and beyond for that client because you know what, they're going to come back in. Even though it's just Maccas, they want to have to come back. They're not going to go, oh, this chick, she can't do what she's doing. Like, I need someone else. Like, how hard is it to give someone a burger? But if you can make that experience that little bit easier, then they're going to keep coming back because sooner or later people are going to be like, say, Hungry Jack's. You go Hungry Jack's drive-thru. Oh, it takes forever. If you can make that process that little bit easier with a smile on your face, they're going to keep coming back. Okay, well, all right. Anything else you learned from them? Because you know that I did a podcast of a, a man who started around the same age as you. Yes, yes. Right, And and he was actually talking about that structure. Yeah, yeah. it is amazing training. So especially like with their modules that they do on their Maccas online, very similar to our Wisebury online. Yes. So they make you do these modules, always they don't give you shifts. And it trains you from making burgers to customer service and they'll actually quiz you along the way to make sure that you know this. And then actually the manager will come through the drive-through to make sure you're upselling. Because if you don't, you have to give him $2 for the apple pie that you didn't upsell them. You're serious. So, <laughs> <laughs> And being my brother, I had to. <laughs> so, so how would you upsell them? Well, to say, oh, do you feel like having dessert? And they'll be like, oh, I'd be like, it's only an extra $2. Let's, let's add it on. And they'll be like, okay. Wow, that's... Very simple. Okay. And so at 18 you left? Yes. So I left to run an Airbnb in the Hunter Valley with my sister-in-law and her family. So up in the Hunter Valley, it was just a little cottage. It was called Mala Villa. Just sold it. What is it? Mala Villa. Mala Villa. It's on the outskirts of Wollombar. Okay. And we just used to serve lots and lots of wine fantastic and I had an old convict jail so we actually used to do tours around the the old homestead and little things like that so it was very very quiet during the week yep but on weekends it just used to go crazy and then get the car clubs through and then because I got a strong passion for cars right that I used to go down there and be like take photos and post it all over their social media and people would come every say month they roughly came around Mm -hmm. and just go off our social media for all the car clubs and we get car clubs messaging us going what other car clubs are coming through. So it's quite a good experience. But I was only there for, I'd say, two years. Yeah, I quit when I was 20. Why? Long story. But I was in a really bad car accident because it is quite a scary long road up there. So at least a long weekend, driving up with one of the workers, the car rolled three times and I just put the window up. So if the window was still down, I would have lost at least. 
Wow. So it wasn't worth the drive, I would say, because every time you went up there, people would be on the wrong side of the road. There'd be wombats, there's kangaroos everywhere, and plus trying to get to work. Which road? The Patty Road? Bumble Hill at Yarramalong, so you'd go straight up through there. And so were you badly hurt? What no, happened? no, thank okay. gosh, okay. thank gosh. All right. All right. I just... At the end of it, I was like, let's find something a little bit closer to home. Okay, so what did you do then? I worked in a coffee shop at the bottom of Bumble Hill at Yarramalong. Yes. So I used to work there seven days a week. So I did that for roughly around six months and then found myself at Tugra at another coffee shop. Yes. Then um, I got approached by one of the girls who worked at Michelle's Patisserie at Bado Bay. Yes. Ended up um, over there with her and making coffees, running the shop in the afternoons. And then from there, I applied at Wisebury. So, so you've been doing like four jobs in hospitality after McDonald's. What's got you to move from there to houses? <laughs> money, <laughs> to be honest. Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah, so money really was, especially being in hospitality, you don't earn a lot of money. So for where I wanted to be in life and the money that I wanted to make, I couldn't possibly do that in hospitality. And one of the girls um, I used to be quite good friends with worked at Wisebreen. We used to go out for dinner and she'd come in a little uniform and talk about all the houses that she sold. And I was like, oh, that sounds like lots of fun. I'll I come see if I can get a job. She You're gave. a bit of a go-getter, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. So from there I got the job at Wisebury and especially from, I guess, being at Macca's, you start as a little person and then you work your way up to like my cafe and then crew trainer, manager, yep. store manager. Very same at Wisebury, you work your way from a benchy to hopefully running your own office. So as I see myself, I want to keep moving up the ladder. Yes. And I'm not happy till I get to the top. <laughs> yes, yes. So you, you had a job there as a benchy, obviously, for yep. what, how long? Oh, I was probably December. That's when I got promoted to join Sarah's team in the island. So it was roughly around five months. Okay. From a benchy to a buyer's so agent. So in five months, you managed to push your way in, into a buyer's How do you do that? Because uh, it's a very hard team to uh, climb the ladder. Yeah, so what happened is we did the 60 days of training at Wile. Yep. And when we got from Wile, there was all of the new benchies. And I don't know, I have this superior complex, so I have to be better than everyone. So the person who brought the most leads in, I felt really got to get promoted. So in that period of 60 days, it was quite close between me, Jade and Thomas, but I got pulled aside by Darren saying, did you want to join the island? And I was like, hell yeah, step up, why not? So and then ended up in the island. So you're competing against Thomas and Jaden. How was that competition? I mean, how can you be colleague and compete? I think just to make sure that you do one more step than them. So if they did 150 calls, I'd do 160. Right. They you, how can you talk to 160 people a day? Oh, it was hard. It yes. was hard. I remember most days we would, like all of us would just eat lunch at our desk because we wanted to get those extra calls in so we yes. could all be better. Right. What was the motivation for you to do that extra? Money. <laughs> it really came down to okay. money. Okay. Really, because being so young, like you want to get a house, you want to get the nice cars, you want to get nice things. Yes. So really, I could see myself, if I brought in a lead, that's $100. Yep. $100 is working towards a new car. <laughs> <laughs> You're very goal-driven. Yes. All right, so you got into the um, position of benches. Is it a bad position? No. Okay. I think some people think oh, 150 calls a day, but 
when you get, say, six months, seven months down the track, the people that you've spoken to are coming back to you because yes. they know you called them every month. They know that they've seen you letterbox dropping, they've seen you door knocking the area, so they know that you're working hard. So being in that position where you have to do that every day is kind of a blessing in disguise because you actually get to speak to people. As when you step up to a buyer's agent, you get to talk to people and sell houses, but you the prospecting feels like a chore and you don't get to build that relationship with the clients in your area. So okay. being a benchy sets you really up for your future listing. Yes. So as a benchy, you did 150 talk to a day, right? Yeah. Now, as a buy agent, what's what's your duty? So I have to speak to at least 50 prospects a day and then have at least two to three buyer appointments a day. Okay, so you had to prospect 50 people. So you're still canvassing your area yes. and your contact database. Yes. And then you have to get two to three appointments? Yes. What if you can't get two um, appointments in a day? It's an extra 25 calls. Okay, <laughs> all right. Whether it's buyers or prospects, at least for the next day, you've got those clients, they're ready to go. So if you get, say, 25 buyer calls in, you at least get three appointments from that for the next day and it makes up for it. So as long as you've got your face-to-faces and your listing appointments, then you're set. Okay. So some people would say, hold on, you're dealing with buyers. Why would you be training on listings and objection handling when you're really only dealing with buyers? Because that sets you up for your next step up the ladder. Right, right, I see. (laughs) So from buyer's agent to listing agent, that's my next goal. That's where you start to make all the money. (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. I think you're very uh, inspirational. Now, what's in store for you over the next, let's say, five years? So my big goal at the end of the five years is actually to buy a business, whether it be hospitality or childcare, because both of those industries both have their strengths. Yep. So I was talking to an interesting client in Gorakin and he owns um, a few childcare centres and he just makes the most amount of money just owning them, not running them, not doing anything. He just owns them and people yep. run them. Like right. what a great business that would be. Right. Hospitality, I miss it, love it. Always wanted to have my own business in hospitality. So yep. maybe that next 10-year goal. Mm-hmm. But for the next five years, listing agent, dominate my area, Make money. Make money. Right. Yeah. Travel. Okay. So why wouldn't you go into hospitality now and do all those things? It's not the right time. I, don't, I feel like I've done that in my teens, into my 20s, and now it's a new change. All right. You seem to know what you want. Can I just ask you now a little bit about uh, a few things? Number one, management. How's your managers? Oh, they're good. Fantastic. Yeah. So what is it you like about uh, your managers? So Kim's majorly, like my big manager being in her team. So it's good because every week we have a meeting on Tuesday with gloves off and whatever we've got bothering us, we could just say it. She makes you cry? No. No? Does she cry? Not in our meetings yet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in the manager's meeting, but not in our meetings. (laughs) Okay. She, yeah, it's very good being in her team because she's being sympathetic as well as helping you along the way. Yes, so that's also a bonus in a boss that you can go to them and say, I'm not happy, let's fix this, as well as it bottling up. Yes. Because that can happen and then you explode. Yeah. Kurt, awesome manager. He's happy as long as we do our goals and our targets. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, so, so what does he do when he's not happy? I don't know. I've never experienced it. <laughs> oh, but you can see him doing that with other people, no? Uh, 
comment. I think he just says you got to stay here. Say to a benchy um, young gun, you got to stay here till you do this because you didn't make that up yesterday. It's not punishing them. It's really pushing them to get it done in one day so you can go door knocking the next day. You can go do those little things that get you out of the office. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about your leader? How do you find him? Darren. Yes. Oh, I love Darren. <laughs> He's a good leader. He, no matter what happens. If you've got an issue, he'll stick up for you in a way that doesn't feel defensive to the other person. So he'll always back you up. He'll always have your back. And that's very, very important that you can go to a leader and say, I've got an issue and yeah. they'll try and fix it. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got like 60,000 managers around him. Yeah. So how did you feel having him in the room when you were competing? He didn't have to be there. No, he didn't. I remember looking over at him and he was sitting on the edge of his seat like he was about to jump up. Yeah. You could tell that he was proud of everyone up there. Yes. Not just me and Andrew, but you could see with every person, like he could see them, that they've grown right. into getting up there. How was it for you to have him there? Oh, I didn't mind at all. Right. I think the person I really wanted to impress was Sarah. She being my manager for so long and the training that she'd given me, I wanted to show that I've applied that and I'm going to go get it. Yes. One last question. Yes. What improvements do you think we uh, should have for our next competition? I'm not sure. I think I'd have to look back really and see what we could improve on, but I think making everyone do it would be interesting. You can't make everyone do it. People have to be willing to run a 100 metres sprint. Making everyone, some will start walking and then it makes the competition look bad. True. I think the more people, the more interesting it could be. Right. Or maybe more money. Maybe more money. <laughs> maybe <yeah>. more money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, listen, Lauren, I think that you are going to have a great career in real estate. I, I think that you're very driven and I think that your brother has instilled in you amazing qualities. Uh, no matter what, you, I can see those qualities coming out now and... It's an amazing thing to look at and watch is that how those managers that you have in your early childhood, if they are really competent and great people, they instill in you things that you're going to carry for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, the, even the way you talk, the way you, you say certain things, even to me, the way you refrain from celebrating when I announce a second placing, that takes an enormous amount of, I would say, virtue the amazing amount of compassion and care for the other person to do that, you know. And so I have no doubt your career is going to be a great one. Congratulations again. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> well done. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon. Thank you for today.